As the spirits of Sol watch on, Marin and her kobold companions emerge from the forest to arrive at the first stop on their long journey, the small settlement known as Severir. What will this quiet pine village offer the adventurers? A chance encounter? A friendly face? A dangerous foe? The world is vast and strange, with endless opportunity and danger for those that will seek it. Let us see what they will find in the farmhouses, inns, and stables of this little town as we return to Blood Gold. Four of you, Marin, Osmer, Akrea, and Sorel, are making your way along the road. It is rainy, and Marin has given up her Kokoroporo leaf, this umbrella that Akrea summoned for her to a Pega shrine. And so it's just kind of like this misty rain as the four of you clear through the forest, clear through the pine forest, and start approaching the town of Severir. And uh, I said town, but Severir is actually a small village, just a tiny little village, about as big as Savincott, but with uh, a very, a lot of farmland, right? So the first thing that the four of you come across is, uh, are these farms, and um, there is wide open fields and uh, wooden fences setting up the the farmland and i think you see there's a there's an older uh farmer kind of wrestling with one of his soaked wool oxes as he is trying to pull his his soaked wool oxen into its stable and his uh kids are kind of out trying to like collect all the all the supplies and get them inside eventually you see ahead of you as osmer whines and moans you see ahead of you the small village and this little village center and it is the town of severir and you've been here quite a few times before uh this is not your first time here but it's a it's a small little village on the way uh north and it's this um this very sweet quaint little town it smells of pine and livestock, especially now with the kind of all the smells brought up by the rain as the rain sort of starts to uh, clear. It's still gloomy and dark out, but the rain has kind of moved from big droplets to mist to kind of just nothing, right? And ahead of you, you can see the clock tower that stands at the center of Severir, and you know that the clock tower is at the center of the town square and that around there are the, the buildings and the inns of Severir. And as the four of you make your way into Severir, I think you're like in between these farms and you can see the town in the distance. I think Sorel's still kind of bemoaning how beat up she got in the fight. Was she still riding Osmer? I don't remember now. Let's assume... No. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, so she's kind of uh, off and she's kind of walking alongside Osmer as Osmer trots with his head low and he's kind of just like swaying back and forth angrily in the, in the da- along the damp road. Um, what do you do? What time of day is it? I don't remember. Okay, so I'm picturing that it's like... Late afternoon, early evening. Okay, is what I'm picturing. Yeah, that's that seems right. That's perfect. So, I look at my kobolds and say, I wouldn't say make camp because we're not making camp, but maybe we are making camp. How? Remind me how friendly are people generally to kobolds? Um, there is no inherent. I would say bigotry against kobolds people can be wary of kobolds because often kobolds come as 
emissaries of dragons, of worms. So kobolds come in all different sorts of capacities. Like sometimes they're hiveless and they're just kind of like, sometimes they're like bandits or pests. Sometimes they are full on emissaries of a dragon hive. Sometimes they are... So we wouldn't be like denied a in stay no okay no i would say kobolds are kobolds have like obviously a distinct and separate culture from humans but they come into contact in as many varied ways as different types of people would yeah is i think just a good way to to put it okay cool so i think i look at the kobolds and i say we're gonna find somewhere to stay tonight and we'll head back out tomorrow Short and sweet. Cyril kind of like rolls her shoulders and she's like, oh, thank God. Oh, are we going to sleep in a bed? Like a real bed? Do you have the money for a real bed? Cyril looks to Akrea and is like, do we have the money for a bed? And Akrea is kind of like, we do not. But hopefully our guide might be able to put us up for the night since we slept in her barn. The last few nights. Osmer always sleeps in a barn. Doesn't complain too much. <laughs> Osmer like shakes some of the rain off of him, off of his sides. I'll, 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 like you can see Marin getting like frustrated. Her hand is like waving in front of her face. I, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Like, ugh, God, I have to find beds for you. It's terrible. And then just continues walking with Marin because we're not in the ta- we're not in town yet Mm-mm. we're just yeah um I think Marin starts walking straight to a an inn tavern you're gonna have to clarify something for me my mm-hmm. brain is mush in olden times yes taverns had rooms you could stay in you didn't have to specifically go to an inn right so it's my understanding and I'm sure we Feel, anyone should correct us on this. It's I mean, my understanding also this is fantasy. that a tavern is a inn and bar combination. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding. And that's kind of the, that's the lexicon I'm going to continue using. Yes. A tavern has both an inn and a bar. An inn is just a place to sleep. A pub or a bar is just a place to drink and get food. A tavern has both. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a tavern. So I just yep. wanted to make sure that I was using the words correctly. Though I feel like pubs also had rooms. I don't know. How I think pubs did also have rooms. But, you know, I don't know. I don't... It's fantasy land. Taverns. Taverns are the combo that I'm looking for. So Marin heads straight to a tavern that's, like, on the edge of town. And it's pretty clear that Marin has stayed there before. Marin knows this place. Marin doesn't have friends, but she has contacts yeah and she clearly has a contact in this tavern okay i am all about all of that uh could i ask you if it would be okay if it was in the center of town not that it really matters it's just that's fine i um, just figured that it would be this sort of place that Marin would be like this is my last stop before going out but maybe since it's not a very big place the center makes sense that's my thought that's my thinking is that because I feel like in towns and cities, you would have, like, a lot of options. In Severir, there's one tavern. It's in the center of town. It's in that town square around the the clock tower. And it is the Pin Needle Pot. All right. It's the only tavern in town. But I love that you have maybe a contact there. Not a friend, but somebody who you know. Yeah, because Marin doesn't have friends. But Marin has contacts. Marin's not here to make friends. No, she's here to get paid. Hey, Diana. How do you get XP? How do I get XP? I got a butt ton of XP at the end of our last... Like, I'm a surprisingly strong person. Also, I have 300 XP. I don't know what that means. So, full disclosure, this is actually our first game back since going on the anti-hiatus. Even though there's been a few episodes, those were recorded earlier. This is our first game back since the anti-hiatus. So, apologies for any uh, rough spots. So, you're going to get XP... You're going to get 200 XP plus 10 times the level of the highest level monster. You beated that. You defeated that. Um, I beated. You beated <laughs> that up. I had, wait, I had the Equa Apes and a Cedar Rex. A Cedar Rex. That's what it was. Um, I wrote it down. I took notes. Personal growth, guys. And that was a big boy. That was, so you got 
I think I gave you too much XP the first time. Give yeah, me, I think I gave you a hundred. Give me one XP now, and we'll call it even. I'm not going to give you what? No, because you're getting like several hundred XP. Uh, all right, this I'm going. Doesn't make any sense. How do I get so much XP? I'm so used to like you get one for almost dying. Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, so you're going to get 200 XP okay. is what we'll call it. And I am definitely underselling you here. But it's to make up for the I'm fact that you... Osmer's really angry about that. Um, yeah. And so before this session started, Diana and I had a discussion slash... Uh, I, I wanted to fire our newest voice actor. I wanted to recast our newest voice actor. And Diana was insistent that... Uh, she is perfect for Osmer, the large uh, antler ox or antelope ox. I don't know what I'm calling are, Osmer now. There are goats that scream. This antler ox can sound like a human baby. Uh, and I did I did uh, float that maybe Diana could get another kobold, which Diana was very... Uh, Diana did not accept. Absolutely not. You're, you are way too far from I, that. That's fine. This isn't going to stay in the episode anyway. Uh, so you took another 200 XP? Yes, I did. Which puts you at 500 XP? Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, that should be fine. You are going to max out your levels, like, so quickly. I do not... I'm not mad at it. I'm confused about it. Is it because there's supposed to be more of a party? Or would we all be getting 200 XP? You would all be getting 200 XP. Uh-huh. Technically, you should be getting, like, 240. So I'm not even... Un- I'm not underselling you that much. But I think that will even out with what you should have gotten last time. I think you should only... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Bookkeeping, who cares? This game does. Yeah, this game does. This game cares a lot. (laughs) Okay. So I have 500 XP. Yes. We get to the Pine Needle. And I've been here a lot, right? I've been to Severir a lot. I'd say with frequency. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. With some sort of frequency? Yeah. Okay. So I think the first place I go is the stable with Osmer. And there's probably some sort of stable hand, small boy mm-hmm. person. And I, you know, hey, I'm going to be staying here. Hold up my oxen. It's not oxen. My antelope, please. Okay. Are you here so often that the stable hands would recognize you? So that's what I was trying to think. I think that the if it's a regular stable person... Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I'm familiar. So, like, they know I'm not just, like, a random person dropping this off. They, I've been here before. I'm familiar. They might not know my name, but I'm familiar. Okay. Uh, I think uh, it's he's, like, a young 20s-ish guy who helps his mom out with the with the stable. Uh, and he goes, oh, hi, Mr. Osmer. Hello, Miss Marin. Uh, you're back in Severir? For the night. We have a just one spot in the stable. Uh, the tavern's packed full tonight because uh, some people had to stay overnight because of the rain. But uh, we can um, we we can definitely find a spot for Osmer here. Thank you. Uh, and I think he does. Does Osmer go like? Does Osmer go into stables very well? I think because Osmer was wet and it was raining, mm. and this is shelter. Okay. And dry and food. Yeah. I think he goes into this this stable and I think he like, there's some like stone plates along the stable and he like touches them and it kind of like activates this like warming thing. It's like a, like a stove almost, uh, like a warming plate. And he like sets up these, these magical warming plates and, and he comes and he kind of like grabs Osmer's reins and kind of like pulls him in. Oh, and I think he just goes, uh, Miss Mary, do you want to take his supplies off his pack or are you just gonna leave them in here for the night i'll come back once i have my room no worries uh and he he pulls osmer in and then like tries to push osmer back into the stable and osmer is kind of like pushing against it and you definitely notice that he has kind of like eyed the kobolds that are with did do the kobolds come into the stable house with you uh he's definitely like eyed them a little bit and he's been like hmm that's interesting and pushes osmer in and uh yeah, I think it's next door to the, uh, I think it's like behind the tavern. Okay. The stable house. Could you do me a favor and roll me 1d10, please? A one. Okay. You go into, 
Or you're going around the front to the, the pine needle pot? Yep. Um, once Osmer is in the stable, um, I go around to the front. I imagine that the kobolds are, like, sticking close to me and a little bit quiet is how I imagine them. Maybe taking everything in. I don't imagine that they're, like, running off on their own. Yeah, I think they are a little... So, like, when you first brought them to Sabincott, they were kind of, like, running around, kind of chaotic. Uh, after the fight, after the rain, after, like, kind of... You hear Osmer moaning from the from the stable. Uh, they're, they're kind of... Uh, not somber, but falling along kind of, like, quietly. So, we... Go into the tavern, and I'm trying to think of what Marin would first do. Would Marin first sit down to try to have a meal, or would Marin f- no? So Marin walks in. I don't think Marin is checking to see if the kobolds are still following. I think Marin assumes that they are following because that's in their best interest. So I go up to the counter and I say, "Peth." I need a room and two cots, please. Peth looks at you, and she's in the middle of pouring a mug out of a cask. And she turns, and she goes, uh, Oh, Marin, uh, didn't expect to see you out here in this weather. How was your trip up? It was fine. little hairy at some points, but otherwise fine. Yeah, it's been rough the last couple days. I'm afraid I don't have a room for you. Do you have any space? No, I'm sorry. I, I don't have... Uh, all the rooms are booked up. We don't have very many rooms to begin with, and uh, we had a, a lot of people stay late yesterday after the storms and everything. Huh. What are you doing? I'm, I'm sorry, Marin. I can't... I can't help you. Who are... Hey, uh, Marin, you traveling with kobolds? I might be. That's, a, that's an interesting company for you to be keeping, isn't it? You have no idea. I think Sorrel's like, we're on a journey. We, we have an important mission, and if you could please give us room and board, that would be much appreciated. Marin is, Marin does not turn around, but Marin is shoving her hand at both <laughs> of them to, like, get them both to shut up. Yeah. Much like, like a, an embarrassed parent or, like, a teenager might try to shut up their younger sibling. Like, stop talking. Shoves her hand behind. Shoves her hand behind her in their faces. <laughs> I like how you do it to Acrea too. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. So Peth goes. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Marin. Uh, I don't think there's anything I can do unless somebody checks out tonight. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I understand. Would you mind if we stayed in the stable since there was a spot for my antelope? We need to come up with a name. Uh, I was calling it an antler ox. Do you want to call it something else? My Osmer. I'm never going to remember <laughs> antler ox is the problem. Um, so I, I pose this here. Yeah, I think Peth looks at you and she goes, you want to sleep in the stables with Osmer. That smelly beast. For a reduced rate, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I guess you can go over and talk to Versi next door and see if she's okay with it. I'm sure she'll be fine, but... Uh, it seems like a seems like a rough night's sleep, if you ask me. Thank you. Awkward pause, and then thank you. That that was intentional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you leaving the tavern? Yeah. I think, for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as you are leaving, there is a. Uh, a I still have to eat. We'll come back for food. Okay. Um, I think this um, this uh, gentleman stands up from uh, the table where he's he's drinking with uh, his family uh, who's eating and he has like a mug and he raises his hand and he goes, excuse me, uh, are you looking for a place to stay? I do not turn around. I do not stop. I Why would I assume that this person is talking to me? Uh, he goes, Marin, right? Okay, now I turn around. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it's a crowded tavern, Marin is not used to people. She doesn't have friends. Again, she doesn't have friends. She just has contacts. Yeah. I don't think... Does he know your name? I don't think you're that well known. Does he know your name? Are you carrying your weapon? Always. 
and my poncho. Don't forget that I have a poncho. I won't forget that you have a poncho. Do you remember that I had a poncho? I forgot like, that you had a poncho. I had a poncho. It's not like a weather. It doesn't actually protect me from the rain. Like, to be fair, it has zero stats. It's just how I carry my things. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to complicate the game. I just I have a vest because that is a trademark Diana. I just, they're the perfect, they're perfect. Vests are perfect for armor. Like, they're the perfect leather armor. Anyway, I have a vest and I have a poncho. I think he does recognize you because you are a little bit of a... You're a local legend, and this place is close enough, and you do enough business here that your kind of legendariness has has spread to here. Uh, and he goes, he goes, you're Marin Ghost, right? Hello, and thank you for joining us in another episode of Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And this is episode eight of Blood Gold. How are you doing, my darling? I am doing well. Um, I'm doing well. Good. I'm doing well. (laughs) We are in a very busy chaotic state right now yes the the this week next week and the week after are so exhausting just so exhausting (laughs) between a move a baby and schools opening back up it's it's exhausting exhausting. so angry i'm so angry about all of it yeah but you bought like a thousand masks and now people will get to see them yay so there's you know the plus side to that i did buy so many masks a lot of masks because here's the thing i plan on them just becoming a normal part of my outfit of my outerwear is just masks i'm probably going to wear masks like for every con i go to now not that i've ever gotten bad con crud um because i am so i'm I'm usually pretty good at uh washing my hands trying not to last packs unplugged i was terrible at shaking hands and in, in that i shook everyone's hands right but uh i'm pretty good at avoiding con crud probably because i overload on vitamins but no no <laughs> no 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 don't put that out there that's not why don't ar- what it's hand sanitizer and obsessively washing your hands and hand sanitizer. No, it's not the 4,000 tons of vitamin C and emergency that you drink. That's not it. That's, that, doesn't, that doesn't work. It doesn't not work. But it doesn't work. Studies have shown it doesn't work. Don't put that out there. Well, I plan on adding masks to my arsenal. Again, the fight, the war against con crud. <laughs> So I'm probably going to be wearing, once cons are a thing again, I plan on wearing masks to all of them. I think it'll be a while before cons are a thing again. God, I hope that we have cons again next year. I miss Unplugged so bad. I'm so sad. And I really wanted to go to Metatopia this year. I wanted to go to more cons this year. I don't know why you thought I was going to let you. (laughs) (laughs) And that is 100% a controlling Diana issue. I'm aware that it's a Diana issue, but we have. I don't think that's a controlling issue at all. I think that's a reasonable... You don't get to go anywhere. You have a babet. A babet. You have a babet. So yeah, things have been pretty chaotic uh, between pandemic and we're moving and we have a babet and all that good junk. But, you know, it's good to sit down and and play a little Ryutama. Yeah. It's nice to get lost in the game. Yeah, I'm enjoying you coming to your first town and kind of exploring that and i think that's going to be fun i've like taken to trying to organize doing a lot of i'm trying to build up a lot of random event tables to help make the world of soul feel more alive um which is not something that i did in seguranza seguranza was pretty much very flying by the seat of our pants. Um, I don't think you anticipated me starting a war. I don't think that was something that you anticipated. I really did. So when we first started Segaranza, I built a dungeon for Segaranza that we never ended up using. It just never came up because what ended up happening was its own yeah. thing. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Where, but. Where's, where was the dungeon? Was it the temple? 
I kept thinking you wanted me to do something with the temple, but I couldn't figure out what you wanted me to do with the temple. I couldn't figure it out, so I just hid. <laughs> I mean, listen, it ended up working out. I wouldn't have it any other way, and I'm not going to tell you where the dungeon is because one day in the far future, we will return to Segaranza, and I will put you in that dungeon, <laughs> and we will figure it out. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying this, this hex crawl. I don't, I've never done a hex crawl style thing before. The closest I got was our in-person Torchbear game had a map that y- y'all moved around on the map, but it wasn't even a hex crawl. So I'm, I'm very much enjoying doing the hex crawl thing. It's a lot of fun world building. And I hope everyone has fun, you know, enjoying, like reaching these new locations and uh, things will start getting more. I know there's very little difference between Sever and Sabin Cot, but that's kind of my... I don't know. I'm not fantastical enough to be like, and this city is totally different than the city two days no, but I apart, like, I, away. I, I, I personally, I like that. I know I'm about to start some beef. I'm, I know what I'm about to say is going to start some beef. But at the core element, there is no difference between L.A., Chicago, Philadelphia, and New York. They all have large buildings. They all have a lot of people. That's Those are the core elements. statement. I'm aware that I'm going to start some beef, but core elements, large buildings, lots of people, art districts, weirdos. Have you ever been to half of the cities you just listed? No. <laughs> so you have no idea. <laughs> I've been to Philadelphia and New York. I would argue that Philadelphia also, and New York. I've been to Toronto. That's a large city. Again. That's true. Large buildings, lots of people's art districts. Uh, they're I, all very different. I'm not saying they're not different. I'm just saying core elements. It's not like one of them okay. is made out of plasma. Like, <laughs> they're made out of things that exist in this world. Large buildings, lots of people, art districts. Their art districts are different. Their uh-huh. large buildings are different. Uh-huh. The people are different. I'm aware of specifically one person who's going to get real mad at me for saying this. <laughs> I mean, I'm mad at you for saying that. It's not. It's not true. That is not true. I think it is. I would argue, Cities are built of the same things. I would agree that... Cultures are different. I, I would almost agree... No, I can't. I can't even agree that Philadelphia and New York are similar. Like They're, they're similar in that there's a lot of people, there's an art district, and there's tall buildings. Like, I'm not making another argument. That's the argument. It has those three things. That's what a city <laughs> is. It has those three things. It has an art district, tall buildings, and a lot of people. And the buildings are all typically made out of the same natural materials. Wood, stone, and metal. There's not one made out of magic. There's not one made out of air. Like, they're just... Well, because we don't live in a fantasy... All right. Nope. Can't. Can't. Cannot. Uh, so, Diane, is there anything else that you want to talk about during our, our little mid-break? That I'm right. <laughs> but that's it. You're that's always it. right, my I'm love. always... I'm so right all of the time, and I am not open to criticism on that. Don't at me. One, I won't see it. And two, don't be mean to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you're just going to say this wildly inflammatory thing and then be like, don't be mean to me. I'm soft. (laughs) Yes, accurate. Rude. (laughs) We should probably get back to the episode. I mean, I guess. Marin turns around so slowly because I do not know what that means. Are you going to ask me for money? Are you going to hurt me? Or are you just like, oh, hey, what's up? I know you. I don't know what ha- what's happening here. So I turn slowly. Uh, and he's just kind of like, he's a early 40s-ish gentleman. Uh, he's got kind of like a big bushy beard and uh, he's, got a, he's got a mug of ale. And he looks at you and goes, I heard you speaking to Peth. Are you looking for a place to stay? I might be. I own a little farm on the outskirts of town, and my family and I would love to hole you up if uh, if need be, and your companions would be welcome to stay as well. Marin thinks, so she's just standing in front of this man, looking at him quietly. Okay. <laughs> and then goes, I also have an antler box did i remember right 
Yeah, that's what I mean. That's we can change. We can that's change its true. species name, whatever we want Osmer to be. That's fine. Antler ox is pretty accurate. I mean, other than it sort of looks more like an antelope than an ox, but it's shaped like an ox. It doesn't matter. I also have an antler ox. I just realized in all of my notes, I'm just calling everything ox. Uh, and he goes, "Oh, that's no problem. I my farm has plenty of livestock. We keep uh, wool oxen." And we could put uh, your antler ox up in the stables if uh, if that's okay with you. Again, she's thinking and just staring at this man. Why? Uh, he kind of like... Sm- she like narrows her eyes and she's... Why? Yeah, he uh, smiles um, a little sheepishly as if he's gotten caught. And he's like, uh, well, I have a favor to ask, truth be told. Do, do do you and your uh, companions want to sit down and and we can we can talk about it? This is my family, and he gestures towards uh, the the uh, what is his family? Uh, his wife and two girls that are seated at the table, uh, and he's like, we could pull up a chair and I could tell you all about it, um, or uh, you know I could give you my address and you could stop by tonight and uh, and we could talk about it. But uh, let me just say uh, I could um, use someone with with your skills on the farm how long would this favor take you know it's uh we have some that needs hunted in the in the forest to be perfectly uh honest with you so you know you give it as much time as you can uh or as as you have i don't want to obviously you appear to be on your way somewhere but would my companions and i stay in the same room yeah as long as uh, if you want what if i don't want Oh, uh, then I'm sure Sorrel's like, hey, what, what are you doing? What, why? We, we can't split up. And he's like, we, we can make any arrangements that you want. Uh, you know, my girls have never met kobolds before. I'm sure they'd be happy to, to talk with your uh, with your friends. And he, I think he looks at Akraya and Sorrel and they kind of like, I think Akraya like narrows her eyes at him. And he's like, mm. uh, yeah. I look at his wife and I go, are you a good cook? Uh, she goes, we're eating at the tavern, aren't we? I look at his daughters. And I don't say anything, but I look at his daughters, implying the same question. Like, I'm asking them, how bad of a cook is their mom? That's <laughs> basically what I'm asking. I, I think uh, the older one goes, um, Mama and Dad are great cooks. They, uh, in the morning, we ha- will have omelets. Right, Mama? She goes, yeah, I'll make omelets. Again, Silence. This silence is not just Diana thinking, it's also Marin thinking. She's very awkward. We'll be there tonight. I guess she gets... I was going to say she walks out, but she actually needs the address. She can't just walk out. She doesn't know where. She's yeah. Going. He gives you directions to their farm, and it's a, it's on the north uh, side of the town, um, kind of facing the thick part of the forest. And uh, he tells you, like... Um, he gives you directions. He describes it for you. He's like, it's a it's a small little farmhouse. We've got it painted. Uh, it's got a nice uh, red roof, and uh, you'll see that you'll see the the big fields. There should be some uh, pigs and wool oxen out. And uh, yeah, just uh, stop by tonight, and and we'll get started. We'll set you up a room, and we can talk about a job for you. If she had a hat, she would tip her hat. She kind of like inclines her head and walks out. Um, and she goes back to the stables towards Osmer. They're not leaving yet. They're going to, like, do town stuff because that family's eating. That would be weird. Mm-hmm. It would be very weird to just leave and go to their house before them. Yeah. That's very weird. Yeah. But we're going back to the stables to, like, check on Osmer. Okay. Yeah. Osmer's doing fine. Uh, he's he's kind of sat down and is kind of leaning on those those heating panels, trying to warm, warm his fur up. And I think Akraya is like... Why do you think we can trust that family? I don't, but you wanted a bed. A bed would be nice, but it's most important that we stay safe and out of harm's way. So we can camp on the edge of the woods tonight. Would be just as fine by me. I think Marin like leans against the wall and goes, Would that be safe? Would that be fine? Perhaps safer than staying in an unknown person's home. Would it? You have never traveled. Do you trust him? 
No, I trust no one. Well, then why then why blame me for not trusting him? I'm not. I'm not. You wanted a bed? I got you a bed. I don't trust him one way or the other, but now I have a bed and omelets in the morning. <laughs> I think Kraya just kind of like growls. I think maybe she like kind of throat flares up a little bit. Like the scales on her throat are kind of like flaring up. She's growling. And uh, Sorel's just totally, Sorel's like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And listen, it, you saw it. He had a family and two nice little girls. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it will be. She's like got a smile on her face during this interaction. This is fun. Arguing is fun. Rude. <laughs> just saying. Arguing is fun. So she's got like a little smile on her face. But she, so she, like I said, she was kind of like leaning on the wall. She sort of kicks off the wall and goes and just starts walking. It's like, if you want to have dinner, that's not terrible. I suggest you follow me. Okay. And we're walking away from the tavern, which is messed up. Because their food is terrible. I've decided. I made that unilateral decision that food is terrible. And we are going to like a, it's not like a restaurant. It's more like a food stall with like two chairs situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm just like, this is, this is good food. And it's like tacos. It's like the equivalent of a taco truck. All right. So like a street food, you're going to like a street food vendor? Yeah. All right. Ooh. Okay. Can I add to that a little yes, bit? Yes, please do. The three of you exit the stables. And walk back around the front of the tavern and enter into the town square, um, which is still it's pretty empty because it's uh, it's lateish. It's like evening. It's very dark because it's overcast and it's been raining. So like all the, the cobblestone streets are like puddled with with water. But uh, the clock tower is is in the center and it's uh, got this this big clock at the top and down at the bottom is a Pega shrine. So uh, the three of you are crossing the town square and there is a Pega shrine inside as you walk, you walk in front of this Pega shrine as you walk past the clock tower. And I don't know if Marion would give it any mind at all, but Akreya looks in and sees that it is, it's this pretty small shrine, like the size of a, like a small bookshelf, like in height and in depth. It's kind of like built into the clock tower. And there's just this visage, there's this this image of a woman with the head of an ox. And it's like a cyclopean ox. It's got like one eye in the center of its head. And these, these big uh, horns kind of like sprouting on either side. And she's seated in this uh, serene posture. She is Omdalak, the Eye of Severir. There are some things that have been left for Omdalak. There's this, uh, there's a little pint of milk and um some uh there's like a bundle of hay and uh, some other food things and omdalak is kind of this uh representation of the of severir the town and she's like a, a like a dairy goddess basically and severir is very well known for its dairy and its oxen dairy and so this food stall that you're going to is like a paneer curry yes. place. Yes. Um, and it's this like, Severir is very well known for this cheese. And it's like uh, this like blessed, really hard cheese that they, that they cut up and put in curries and stuff. And this food stall has the best, like they source, this guy has the hookup for like the best dairy in town. You sit down. You said there's two chairs. Well, it, what I meant is like very limited seating. Mm-hmm. Like there's not, there's not, it's not an outdoor restaurant. There's like a couple pop-up tables situations. Yeah. I actually like, have you ever seen an anime like the ramen stand mm-hmm. where it's like an awning and then there's like a bar? Could, do you yeah. want to do like that or do you want to do like no. outdoor seating? No, no, that's fine. Okay. So there's like this awning and there's, there's a couple seats at the bar uh, and you take a seat in Akraya and Sorel sit uh, next to you. And I think like on the other, like way down at the end of the bar, there's like one other person. And uh, you get the three of you, or you order this, yeah. this curry. Uh, how many are you, how many uh, are you ordering? So I've never ordered curry at, in street food as a street food. 
So I don't know if you could get like sizes. Sure. Or if you just get like the curry. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting the curry. I'm getting this curry. All of them come in this one size. Yeah, I think he just sells it by the bowl. Okay. And it's like this paneer with like, there's like, he offers like three different curries with this paneer. I get two bowls. They can share a bowl. They're Ludler. Okay. Uh, so that is going to be, let me look up the cost of things. I forgot this game did that. <laughs> you forgot that you have to pay for food in this game? Yes. Yeah, I know. 60 gold. Boo. That's right. I have the money. 60? Yep. And uh, the guy behind the counter hands you these these two bowls. Akraya and Sorrel kind of like set one of them between them and they they start eating from it. And it's really good. Yes. I don't think I say anything, but I like inhale this food. I am going to town. Does it come with like a, like a non to like sop it up? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. So I don't, I'm not saying anything until my bowl is squeaky clean and the last bit of bread like is popped into my mouth and I kind of look at them and I go, didn't I tell you? Sorella's is like licking her fingers and she's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm, nope, yes, this is, this is very good. This reminds me a lot of the kind of stuff we used to eat back home. Okay, just kind of nods. Man, I'm really thinking about this now. What if it was like, it's a bowl, and then you place a huge round flatbread in the bowl first, and it like oh, it comes over the edges of the bowl, and then you put the curry in that, so that you're tearing off from the edges to eat the curry, and then at the bottom you just have like, once you finish off the curry, you still have like this curry-soaked flatbread i'm anti that oh no it gets too it'll be way too mushy yeah i guess it. yeah you're right at the bottom would be too mushy i'm not against like a piece of flatbread that's been like tilted on its side and then the curry's poured into it because less of it is submerged submerged for less time that's fair i was just thinking like a bread bowl yeah but bread bowls you don't the you need a very specific kind of bread for a bread bowl it has to be very crusty yeah that's true and I don't want a crusty bread with my paneer. That's fair. Though, right now, I could go for a really good piece of crusty bread with just like a slathering of butter. Mm, so <sighs> hungry. So good. Uh, so uh, the three of you, the three of you were eating. I, I think we're done eating. Leave the man his pay. I think we're getting up. Or rather, it doesn't matter what the kobolds are doing. Marin gets up. <laughs> and uh, Marin, his farm is on the outskirts of town. Mm-hmm. When we leave, would we have to go back through town? No, not really. You'll have to get back to the road, but it's not like it's not like super out of the way. Mm-hmm. Either way, like you could come back into the center of town. It's like a, I don't know, 10, 15 minute walk probably from, it's not very far. Okay. It's not going to affect your travel time, if that's what you're asking. No, I was asking if I would have another chance to stop at this Pega Shrine. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have anything I can leave. I'm probably going to stop by. I, again, I don't have anything I want to leave, but Marin will want to leave something. But I don't feel like I have anything right now. Okay. So Marin gets up. She starts walking. They walk past the tower again. Marin sort of inclines her head towards the shrine but keeps walking and they are walking back to the stables to get osmer they're going to start heading to that family's town home okay so yeah the uh the you pick up osmer start heading to the edge of town to this family's home and uh you get there and you can see that uh the man is like walks out of the stables as you approach the house and he kind of waves um, and walks up to the fence and he opens up the gate so you can let Osmer in. He goes, oh, wow, that's a beautiful animal you got there. Thank you. Uh, he extends his hand and goes, I'm Burren, by the way. I'm sorry that I didn't introduce myself earlier. Marin takes his hand. I thought about that for a second. No, Marin takes his hand and it's like, Marin, like inclines her head while shaking his hand. Uh, and he shakes your hand and he goes, here, let me, uh, let, let's set up a... Uh, you're, or actually, no, he would also turn to uh, the kobolds and so Sorrel, Akreya, 
And he he nods and he goes, well, I can't say I've ever uh, met a kobold before, but uh, it's a pleasure to have you have you at the farm. Uh, here, let's uh, let's set your animal up. Leads everybody into the uh, to the stable. Uh, it's not as nice as the other one, but it is it's a basic stable, and um, I think he has some trouble getting Osmer in. I because I feel like Osmer's like, what the hell? I left like a spa. It had like <laughs> heated walls. What is happening? Osmer's not happy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, do you help? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think you and Burin uh, push Osmer into the stable. Uh, and he, he closes it on Osmer, and Osmer's not happy about it. Nope. You can tell inside in the stable, there is a lot of livestock. Like, he is he's a livestock farmer, and he has um, all these woolly oxen. And I think you can tell, like, they've been shorn recently. So they've got, like, these – their heads are still, like, they've got these big, bushy wool heads and then, like, naked body. Like, they almost have, like, a lion cut mm-hmm. on a cat. But they've got these big, bushy heads and, like – curly wool that covers their eyes and these big, uh, almost like a Highland Koo, uh, these big, like, curled horns. Um, and he has, like, 20 in his stable. It's, like, a long stable. Mm. It's a big stable. And he's got some uh, pigs and things kind of wandering a- about the, the the stable. And I think he turns to you and he goes, um, so uh, Icky and the girls are inside setting up a, a room for the three of you. And uh, we'd be happy to have you stay the night. And uh, in the morning, we can talk about sort of uh, the the job that I was hoping that you could do for us. I was hoping you could tell me about it now. I think Akrea also goes, I would also like to know what what we are signing up to do. And again, Marin kind of like shoves her hand at Akrea's face. Like, I don't know if Akrea's anywhere near her hand, but it doesn't matter. Marin's like shoving her hand in her face. Uh, Burn nods and he goes, uh, oh, sure, absolutely. So, um, well, it's a, it's a small job, really. There's been, um, in the woods, there's been signs of, a pe- that people have spotted a speckled bee and we really need somebody to take care of it. So, uh, if you could, um, we'd be happy for your help taking care of it. Uh, I wouldn't charge anything to stay the night here and you could keep all the honey you you got, well, if you could find it. Why don't you give me a intelligence plus spirit test? Okie dokie. I got a total of six. Uh, okay, I think that's enough to know a little bit about a speckled bee. You know that speckled bees are huge bee-like creatures. And when I say huge, I mean like they're the size of a person. They're like six feet long. Mm-hmm. A giant bee. And you also know that they are solitary bees. They don't live in hives. They live alone. And they make this really valuable honey. It's like a highly sought after honey. And you also know that their stings are incredibly painful. So Burin is like, actually, I should say, their stings are incredibly painful and fatal. Like they can kill like, I mean, if it's a six-foot bee stinging you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Burns like, I can't have a, a speckled bee in the forest, what with my daughters and with the animals. Uh, if it kills one of my uh, ox, I'm, you know, that's going to ruin my summer. So we haven't had anybody stop in town lately that could handle something like that. So when I saw you... You know, I've I've heard stories about your heyday, and I thought, well, maybe Marin could handle it. I think when he says that, Marin sort of like chuckles and goes, "You would think that," and that's it. And as I think he kind of just like nods a little bit, and I see him. Supposed to be awkward. So are are you up? Are you up for it? Yes. Oh, oh, great. Okay, well, wonderful. Uh, you know, I can tell you everything that I know about it uh, over breakfast in the morning, if that's okay with you, and uh, we'll we'll get the three of you all settled in. That's fine. And I think you hear Akraya and Sorrel kind of murmuring, what, what's a spectac- what is a speckled bee? I don't know. What? I don't know. And uh, I think the episode ends as we see the four of you, like, walking out of the stable and into... 
Burren's farmhouse. Marin was really hoping that the kobolds would know more. <laughs> so, like, as they're walking away, maybe you see Marin's face, like, getting more and more concerned as the two are talking. Like, what's a speckled bee? What is a speckled bee? Thank you so much for joining us. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Ryutomo was designed by Atsuhira Okada and translated into English by Matt Sanchez and Andy Kitkowski. You can find more about Ryutoma at kotohi.com. We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer, without whom this show would not get made. If you did not hear a lot of baby screams, you can thank Zach B., we also want to thank In Love with a Ghost for the use of their song Chilling at Nemu's Place off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with a Ghost at inlovewithaghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podcatcher, Podbean, Pod something else, wherever it is that you get your podcast. iHeartRadio apparently has podcasts as Do, well. Are, I don't think we're on iHeartRadio. I don't know what is on iHeartRadio, but they keep advertising to me when I get into my car. So iHeartRadio. Okay. Um, it means a lot to us and it helps other people to find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps the show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us to maintain it and better it every week while getting cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly campfire pod, and other great things. Every dollar makes a huge, huge difference. This episode, we would like to thank two of our patrons. Thank you very much to Robert for your support. And we also want to extend a special thanks to Nicholas Harvey, the Pega known as the Calculating Warden of the Rose. Thank you very much to Robert and Nicholas. And thank all of you again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one.